Courtney Vinay's. Hello. Oh my gosh. Jackie Glick, hi. How the heck are you? Oh my gosh, I'm doing great. I am getting a new coffee table. Oh my gosh, that's a big purchase. It's a big purchase. I'm really excited about it. I have a bit of a relationship. I've probably talked about my current coffee table a handful of times. Uh, I've had it for a very long time. It's gone through different repaints, but we got a new couch recently and it just kind of doesn't work. Uh, and I'd been, I, I've been eyeing new coffee tables for a while now, but um, one of my friends is selling a bunch of stuff and she listed a coffee table that I've seen in person and I like it quite a bit and I think it's perfect and I got it. And I got it at a huge discount too. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really living the dream. Thank you. I am. I am. Yeah. I definitely, it's funny because we got a new couch and I was so stressed about it. You know, it's a, it's a big investment. It's a huge like piece in your living room. Um, And now that we've had it and I've kind of settled into it, I'm sort of ready to be like, okay, now let's redecorate. Uh, so I know redecorate. Yeah. Tough times. Exciting. But it is, it is, it's a little stressful. It's a little exciting. Um, but yeah, I think I think our living room can use a little a little revamp. Um mm-hmm. you know, we've only had the entire time Mikey and I have lived together, we've we've had the same coffee table. And it's a coffee table that came from my parents. I inherited it from them, and they had it from before I was born. And it's oh, been, wow. you know, I yeah, I love I love it, but I think Are you sure gonna sell it or are you no, gonna give it away? Are you gonna keep it? I'm oh, not going to lie. I actually posted on Instagram a couple weeks ago and was like, does anybody want to buy this? And I got exactly zero hits. Um, I honestly it, I didn't see it and I follow you. So maybe do it again. I might do. I might do it again. Um, it's, I don't know. I haven't fully decided. Like I might stash it away in this closet just because I did get weirdly sentimental about it. Um, or I, I mean, might try and find to our listeners and to me, that's not shocking. I know it's, it's been around a long time, you know, but it really like mostly all of our other furniture at this point is more mid-century and this, I do not know how to describe it or classify it, but it's not, it's distinctively not mid-century. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't really go and it probably is due for a, a new paint job anyway. Um, so I haven't decided but I'm not going to stress myself out. I'm not going to force myself into making a decision to getting rid of it because I can see myself, I can see this item as being an empty hanger. So I don't know. No, it'll probably get shoved in my office. It'll probably get shoved in my office for a little bit and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I understand. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Well, what's going on in your life? You know, I'm really looking forward to uh, watermelon season. Oh, that sounds lovely. And I love that watermelon wait. really is just like flavored water. It's just, yeah. it's so. It's a LaCroix of fruit. It's true. <laughs> that is what they say. That is certainly <laughs> what they say. Have you ever had the watermelon LaCroix, by the way? It's weird. Oh, yeah. So good. Speaking of sparkling water, uh, our guest today is a guy named Jake. Jake Michaels. Oh, my gosh. Jake Michaels. A sparkly character, indeed. Yeah, we had so much fun. So much fun. This was the first time I got to speak with Jake. Yeah. And a really solid human being. Really, really fun. He really brought out uh, Nerd Courtney, which uh, I thought I had done a really good job of repressing, pushing down, (laughs) forgetting about. And she reared her head this episode. I'm very excited. 
for you all to hear. I'm in. excited for the world to hear the other side of the like hot babe. Courtney Vinay's is the hot nerd. Courtney Vinay's. I was a little out of my depth at certain moments during this. That uh, only made it better. That only the number of times <laughs> I think I saw your face and you just had uh, this look. I don't want to say wonderment. You were truly. Uh, like what I had the is best going time on. yes i had the best time but i had to define a few words let's say yeah. let's put it that way well you know what let's just let the listeners hear let's let's get this let's get this episode going huh yeah let's let the listeners listen they can hear how uh silly i felt at times and me too anyways here we go here we go Hello, and welcome to Why Did I Keep This, a podcast about the things that have been living in the back of our closets and why it's so hard for us to let them go. Please join us as we examine our relationships with stuff and potentially convince each other to say goodbye to excess baggage, or maybe we'll encourage each other to keep things forever. Let's find out. We're your hosts. I'm Jackie Glick, a producer living in LA who's an avid window shopper and a sentimental saver. And I am Courtney Venez, a Los Angeles-based actor and video game streamer with a passion for thrifting and a distaste for waste. <laughs> Today, we're joined by Jake Michaels, a director, producer, and burrito enthusiast. Hi, Jake. I need a snappier intro. You two have that down. That was oh, great. Thank you. It's um, We've been reworking them a, a lot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a lot of trial and error. And I think, you know, uh, coming in, you came in hot. You came in I think hot. It was, burrito it was enthusiast. trial and success to me. Oh, my God. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, I think I know this podcast is about keeping stuff, but I just want to know about your burrito habits. Mm -hmm. Well, it's concerning. Like, is I guess it? I don't I don't realize how many burritos I eat in a week until someone points it out to me. Like, like is it a daily occurrence? Like, have I just had two burritos before this? Mm -hmm. Where are they from and what was they're, in them? They were homemade, so they're smaller. So it's not like huge burritos or anything like that. Yeah. But like for the week, what's today when we're recording Wednesday? I think I've had like five or so. Oh, wow. And are they all homemade? Are you also burrito? No. We went to homemade. El Coyote, which oh. I've never been to down in Hollywood. How was yeah. it? I've been meaning it to go was there. Fantastic. The burritos are huge Ooh. and delicious. <laughs> mm, yum, um, yum. It's pretty like from the outside it seems like very like standard Mexican restaurant affair, but it's such a classic old school place that still tastes good actually. It <laughs> doesn't have yeah. what Katie and I avoid in Mexican restaurants is what we call soupy beans. Mm -hmm. It's when those beans are like gray, mm -hmm, the refed mm -hmm. beans, and they kind of look like they're in a little bit of standing water. That's how we know we don't go to the Me that Mexican restaurant. Mm. Yeah, El Coyote is really a fun place, though. Mm -hmm. It's like very it's festive. Yeah, and they're they're super kind. Feels like an too. occasion. Yeah, 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 it was an occasion. Yeah, it felt like that. Um. Well, I I love a burrito also, and I'm happy that you know you're enthusiastic about them. <laughs> a lot of them are also just vessels for hot sauce, which I'm also an enthusiast of. Mm. Have you tried Zab's hot sauce? Zab's? No. I've been seeing it everywhere. It's chasing me. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I haven't tried it, but oh. everywhere I go, all these like fancy little coffee shops, a they're really they're really selling the zabs. I don't know a if I trust a coffee shop hot sauce. No, look, <laughs> I don't. It's I don't not. Know. For, <laughs> I don't it's know. not for the coffee. I'm almost certain it's not for the coffee. It's <laughs> no. It's like it's a coffee shop that has an avocado toast on the menu. That's okay. What I'm saying. Okay. So many. So many. Like institutions are getting into hot sauce there's a there's a few metal bands that have so hot sauce and it's like i if 
if anything, I'm going to take from a metal band. It's not something I'm going to eat. <laughs> but <Okay>. That's <laughs> they make pretty good hot they, sauces. Okay. I mean, they, they really live in the extremes, you know? A metal yeah. band, it's like maybe they make the greatest hot sauce. Yeah, absolutely. Pain on both scales. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just want to make sure you're Feel really it. feeling discomfort. So yeah. just... Fire, mm-hmm. sizzle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, can you tell us, Jake Michaels, what have you brought us today? Yeah, tell us what you brought. You sent us, actually, you sent us a link to something that I we just, had to right. I we downloaded. Started. I just downloaded it. Okay, um, great. Okay, it's great. Look confusing and maybe entertaining too. Okay, okay. I think I, especially. I think I know what I'm looking at. Wow, this is a lot to take in. I'm so grateful for this visual, by the way. <laughs> I know, I know. I, oh wow. Okay, this, I just okay. got into it. <laughs> okay, Jake, why don't why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about what we're looking at right now? <laughs> so first off, I struggled to find something because I'm pretty good at purging items that I have no longer immediate use for. That's good for you. That's okay, a fairly don't good... start up by bragging. I, I, yeah, well, I'm gonna because <laughs> I pride myself in it, and so I really I really don't have a lot of these things. So when I asked Katie for advice on this, she immediately that genius she came up with a response. She's like, "Well, you definitely have a game that you've held on for too long," because I'm a huge gamer, both uh, tabletop and in video games as well, and so. I thought, yes, I absolutely do. And so what I'm showing you today is a book, a rule book from a role-playing game from the early 90s called Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys are familiar with Dungeons & Dragons, I take it? Yes, yes. Correct. Yes. This is similar to Dungeons & Dragons, but just has a whole future uh, cyberpunk type of vibe to it. Uh, yeah, I see that. This in is the a show second, notes. This is, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a second edition. I think it was published in 91. And it, you, it just you can tell by the art, it's very much 80s, the, the transition from 80s into 90s. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's my really favorite good. is page nine so far. Uh, the man <laughs> on page nine is just psychotic. Oh, I'm scrolling down. Ways. I'm only on six. Uh, oh, yeah, see. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's happy. Mm-hmm. He's got- <laughs> it, it has like such an influence of all the things that were happening at this time in pop culture too of like kind of fantasy having a resurgence and like natural born killers kind of thing and like um this is pre-matrix and stuff but matrix was definitely inspired by this type of style and stuff oh i can see and did it. you play yeah. this in the 90s is this something that you like were a big like you know D has like a huge base of people who play and get mm-hmm. together and play mm-hmm. was this something that you did not in the 90s i actually played it when it was too when it was like out of print and it was even dorkier then like i played it in like the two early 2000s Mm. when i shouldn't have been playing stuff with like this kind of dorky art (laughs) so (laughs) maybe but you like had a group of people that played this with correct you have to play as like a a team yes yeah for those of you that don't know how role-playing games work one person is like the game master or in dungeons and dragons known as the dungeon master the other players the other people at the table are players who play characters and the dungeon master kind of takes care of exposition and setting the scene for all the characters that aren't there while every player takes control of just one character and usually they're heroes of some sort in this game which we'll get into uh it's <laughs> it takes place in the future and you all play mercenaries of some sort well i didn't know about this game until i went to high school and uh, i met an older kid who was a senior when i was a freshman and we connected over our, our love for D. but i hadn't played much D with anybody since i was a kid and since i had moved to that town so I needed a new D&D group. So he introduced me to two juniors. So these guys were like three years older than me. And 
when I first got over there, they were mortified to see someone new in their group because they were so embarrassed to play Dungeons and Dragons at this point. This was at mm-hmm. a time where everybody was, no one was playing Dungeons and Dragons and yeah, admitting was, it except for. I was going to say like right now, Dungeons and Dragons is like kind of hot. Like it's yes. like very, very popular. I don't, you know, I, I don't know if anybody here's heard of Critical Role, um, mm-hmm. but that's, that's huge. Um, Katie I mean, also, Jake's wife does a and d show that is really cool and it's on Patreon and it is called The Dungeon, Dungeon Run. Run. Yeah. The Dungeon Run. I got mm-hmm. really excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, D&D is seeing, it's just seeing a huge resurgence. You're, you're right, Courtney. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. But back then, I was self-conscious about it because I was 15. So, of course, I was self-conscious. Sure. And so we would use a code name of like, we're going to go over to Russ's house and play football. But <laughs> I can't throw football would, to save my life. It was, it was always Dungeons & Dragons. I would love if someone was like, oh, you're going to play. Can I come over? I love yeah, football. Yeah, I'd love we to were play definitely, football with you. <laughs> you're like, we were no. definitely opening ourselves up for that trap. No. It's kind of like strategic improv. Yeah. 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 And it can be played a lot of different ways. Um especially because you can play it just as like a fun storytelling exercise or you can play it as like a hardcore like tactical war game kind of thing too that's what the rules are there for they're there to help you not restrict you this is though a pdf that is 326 pages so it's like there's a lot of rules to maintain in your mind as you're playing that's why i kept the book for so long so i have the physical copy in storage i don't i don't have it with me in this apartment right now but i definitely still have it and it's because like i can't kind of get rid of that book because it's so hard to find all that obscure stuff. I'll probably never play Shadowrun again. And if I do, I'll probably have someone else run it because I don't want to relearn this insane amount of rules. So the master has to learn the rule book <sighs> and then the player is just sort of like. And in kitchen. D&D, you, yeah. And in the new versions of D&D, they streamlined it real well. So you don't have to read 300 pages. But in this, there's like <laughs> there's rules for physics as in terms of like oh. how far you are away in meters from your target. How much will your bullet drop? And you have to compensate for that. Oh, my God insane but when you're 15 and way into that and kind of nerdy about math it's a breeze and really fun and if you do it enough it right. becomes secondhand. yeah I, oh my god i played uh, at the beginning of the pandemic uh one of my friends was like hey i had been playing some D with some friends it's really fun mm-hmm. i want to try um i want to try dming and so she got a couple of us together um and it was it was really great but it was also very it was like very it was for me it was very overwhelming to like learn okay. all these rules like yeah but it was mostly just because it was like in a pandemic and we're all sort of just like at our own little desks uh at yeah. home and i think if we we're all like around a table i would have had a much easier time with it but it was one of those things i could also tell it was like oh you just you learn by doing you just learn yes. by doing mm-hmm. so like and after our like third session i was like i got this i got this at first yeah, I, was like, I, yeah. don't know, I don't know i don't know I, think, I feel like i'm gonna do everything wrong i feel like I, and it's like oh, you really can't do anything <laughs> wrong um, it, it, just like improv if everybody else says yes then it's not wrong right exactly but yeah. dming just for those of us uh who have never played it's not just an instagram term in this case it means dungeon mastering i imagine yeah dungeon mastering or game mastering is gm yeah mm-hmm. So okay, cool. When you play, when you do these these games, uh, do you are you usually the dungeon master or the game master, or does it go kind of like either way? Uh, me personally, I'm generally the dungeon master slash game master because I know the rules. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of the rules guy in most of my communities and friends groups. Yeah, so. I would trust you with that. Thank you. 100%. I appreciate that, Jackie. Yeah, actually, we yeah. haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, have we? No, I've never played. Oh, I'm. We'll uh, I've never played. I'm kind of surprised. You and I have played. Mario Kart 
Yeah. <laughs> um, Basically, different, thing. but yeah, that's true. <laughs> In terms of our playing, I think that's as far oh. as we've really gotten. Wow, we need to play more games. I didn't realize that. I have so many games to show you. Um, I I would love to like participate in a friendship that has like gaming at the center. Oh Usually, yes. all of my friendships are just food food related. I, <laughs> I it's we true. Can do both. Oh man, we can do both. Can, yeah, no, but I I think it'd be like really fun to like get together and like have something on hand to do. Yeah, like you know? a game night. I haven't had. I don't think I've done a single game night since I moved to LA four and a half years ago. It, okay, when I was let's... living in the in the Bay Area, we had like Magic the Gathering parties. We'd like draft. We had like board game nights. You play like, Magic? Was, okay. I, I haven't played in a while because it's expensive and it took up. Yeah. Like, I got way too, I got real obsessed. With, like <laughs> it took up a lot of my time. Um, and after I did a, an in-person tournament at a, um, at a game store once and I got paired up with like a 12 year old and I like did not hold back and it felt good and also bad at the same time i was like i was just part of me was like this is how you learn like i'm not gonna play soft because this gets Mm -hmm. 12 and also i don't want to get beat by a 12 year old i really Mm -hmm. don't want to get beaten by a 12 year old um so yeah i had to like reflect on that a little bit but yeah it was one of those things where i was like oh this is taking up a lot yeah it was taking up a lot of my mental energy um because it was like oh my god what's the perfect deck and like always building and like going to the game store and buying like individual cards which was like and that's a game where new cards come out so you have to learn the new stuff to make the new decks that are up to date so it requires your constant concentration constant concentration Mm -hmm. it's funny what is this game called magic magic gathering Uh, I've seen magic cards. Yeah, so magic cards were actually very popular around the time that Shadowrun came out. In fact, the way I learned a lot about this stuff were were magazines about this hobby, and they both did a lot of like Magic the Gathering coverage and Dungeons and Dragons related stuff. Hmm. So these were all tangential. I I played as a kid, but I haven't played much magic as an adult. I have a quick question. Is Dungeons and Dragons also Wizards of the Coast? It is now. Back then it was owned by a separate company, but Wizards of the Coast purchased them, I think, in the late 2000s. Or I mean early 2000s. Let the record show that Jackie has never looked more confused in her life. You just (laughs) – you were just like, what are you saying? She thinks we're talking about fictional orders and stuff like that. We're talking about actual companies in Seattle. Yeah. There's a company Uh, in Seattle called Wizards of the Coast. They are – I thought there were wizards on the coast and I just got really – but the wizard still hold the copyright. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Yeah, but you're um, right, Courtney. The like the pandemic created a boon for D and D too. Like now everybody can play it on Zoom and learned a lot of that way. I had a lot of friends that learned around that time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it's been great. Of course, like you know, things kept happening, so we sort of fell out of it. But I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is so great. I definitely want to do more of this. And I know that, like, for me personally, I do better when something is, like, right in front of my face. And if I'm, like, surrounded by other people, I, like, feed off of their energy. Um, I, yeah, I totally agree. And I have to uh, advise that anyone who's played on Zoom and only Zoom so far, get an in-person game together when you can, because it's such a more rewarding experience when you're not in front of a screen and get distracted by the things, too. Oh, I get so, well, yeah, so distracted. <laughs> I know we're, like, supposed to be recording a podcast but like also should we also be organizing a game night i kind of already was looking at my calendar when she said she didn't have any game nights so yeah we really yes. should oh my uh, god i'm gonna be a detriment to any team that i'm on but i want to be on jake's team <laughs> <laughs> there's even games out now that are cooperative where all of us are working against the game too okay oh. that sounds okay. that sounds good i'm gonna say i have uh put tension on a lot of friendships through my game nights because i will turn on you <laughs> Okay. I will. I love. Oh, I just love winning. <laughs> <laughs> There's a video game called It Takes Two that's like a co-playing game or something where you have to play two people and each of the characters on the screen is like 
helping the other character do stuff. And it's about this couple that wants to get a divorce. And then they're sort of like, honey, I shrunk the kids. And then they have to like get to their daughter. That's the premise of the game. And my husband loves video games and was like, we should play. And I was like, okay, like this is like me doing something that you're interested in. And that's like how you live as a family and whatever. And we (laughs) nearly got divorced. You describe it like a robot, like assigning a program to a problem. Like, (laughs) oh, this will make you happy and give you us points. I will participate. We are family unit now. (laughs) That's 100% how I felt. I was like, okay, I'm going to play a video game that is a story. And, but you have to control the camera angle unlike in mario kart which i've already said that i love but you have to like control the camera angle so when you're like jumping from one place to another you have to like move the camera yourself and i'm like aren't you a computer can't you do this for me so i'm not very good at that well that's the thing it's like some of those modern controls on these games with dynamic environments require you to know like spatially the hand-eye coordination part of it and it just takes practice <laughs> you could learn it but you he plays so much more than you do so you yeah. don't and Katie. he was like, he was like, be like, press X. And I'd be like, which one is X? And he'd be like, the same one that was X five minutes ago. <laughs> and that's why we stopped yeah, playing. The buttons don't change. Oh, man. <laughs> if you guys got a divorce over It Takes Two, I think, <laughs> especially because that's about a couple not getting divorced. That'd be pretty yeah. remarkable. I mean, I don't know how it ends because we definitely don't get <laughs> They may or may not get divorced. You'll find out by the end of your marriage as well. Yeah, I mean, it was such a nice idea and like, you know, to like bring me into the world of gaming because yeah. it's something that he enjoys so much. And mm-hmm. all, besides the robotness of it, I was actually really excited to like be able to play because he like plays that game that's like about the sad cowboy. And then he <laughs> Red played- Dead Redemption. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then. I just, now yeah, it's just a melancholy, like Robert Frost poem that he's going through. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's all I really understand. And then he plays that game with the fighting and the guns and like the teams. Oh, um, Call of Duty? Yeah, Call of Duty. Yeah. In Verdansk. Yeah. Is he still in Verdansk? In Ver- Is that? I don't, I think he moved to another map or something. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the wizards live on the coast. <laughs> Look, I don't know. I'm I'm eager to understand it. I I really do appreciate the amount of uh, like joy and like that you're sort of like participating in a movie is kind of what it looks like to me Very because much. the graphics mm-hmm. are so good. It's a beautiful game. Yeah. There was a game actually that I enjoyed watching him play which was about this girl whose like father died in some sort of a zombie apocalypse or something. <laughs> I love Jackie describing video <laughs> games so much. Super popular <laughs> games too that we I both know, know right? <laughs> She's like, there's a TV show I saw with like this guy in an apartment and he has like this taller dude across the hall from him. We're like, yeah. Yeah. And the guy across the hall is crazy. Yeah. A bit. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I like I like the girl zombie game. What's it called? Uh, was it The, the Last, Last of, of Us? Us. Yeah. No. Yeah. I really liked that one. This it could be a whole podcast as Jackie describes oh video games it's and we have so, to guess it, what it is. It feels like Jeopardy. It felt, it felt like Jeopardy. I like wanted to ring in and be like... What is The Last of Us? What is Red Dead Redemption? <laughs> Look, oh I'm into it. I just don't. I I'm just uh, tangentially into it. You know, there are there are better co-op games in terms of learning curve that you guys should try. I'll try and find some recommendations and send them to you. Yeah, I'm interested, and like the graphics are so good that it actually looks like a film now. And yeah. 
it, it's so cool. And the sort of leaps and bounds have been made in that space since uh, Goldeneye. I mean, it's, it's, it's Goldeneye. Yeah. There you go. That's a good reference. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, it it's is the only art... game I know how to play. <laughs> it is like a, a media, a medium that like needs more recognition for sure. Because mm-hmm. in terms of just generating art and stories, like some of the best, most compelling stories I've heard in the past five years came from video games. And... Oh, yeah. yeah. Some of them are really beautiful. Actually, I played like this really um, moving line drawing game where there was this like, it was just a beautiful line drawing and like watercolor. And it was about, and this like girl was like really sad. And do you know you're is nodding it, like you might know what it I'm is? I'm trying to be polite, but no, I have no idea. Is it called Fl- Gree Florence? Uh, Maybe it's, it's not a game I've played, but I've, I'm like, this is a game that's on my radar. It was Let me visually go my, like, stunning. List. Um, I'll, t- I'll I'll you know text him and hope that the noise doesn't carry on to the mic, and we'll find out what it is by the end of this podcast. Don't worry, listeners, I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> if we don't, if we don't get an answer, we can always like edit in like an intro and be like mm-hmm. by the way mm-hmm. at you know minute 20 Jackie Rose, <laughs> <laughs> game, you guys can skip all the stuff where we were scheduling and trying to find an open day to play games yeah, yeah. does that talk work for you yeah um i just texted my husband what is the video game that was a sad line drawing stand by for the good for good the hint i love yeah. these <laughs> Oh, man. He's playing is, Jeopardy now. This is genuinely, I really want to make a game of this. Like, instead of playing charades, <laughs> it's just Jackie describes a video game and the rest of us are like, no, this one. <laughs> if you write enough of them down, you can just publish a Trivial Pursuit video games with Jackie. I mean, it really is unfortunately limited to what actually I plays because that's the only ones I see. But, you know, I could try to, I could endeavor to learn more of these uh Fun it's games. A, yeah, it's a world you should explore a little bit. I'll I'll try and send you some recommendations. Katie plays a little bit sometimes too, so maybe she'll have someone she likes. I tried to play Zelda on the P, like the PlayStation Zelda because actually I said it was really beautiful and fun, and I liked it, but I, I had a hard time. Like I wasn't very good at it, and I found the whole process to be really frustrating and and, and upsetting. Katie mirrors your experience. Uh, she liked it more than you did, but also found it hard and frustrating yeah, and somewhat non-intuitive mm-hmm. at first too. I, so I had never, I didn't grow up playing video games at all. This is a fairly recent development for me, but yeah, I started playing Breath of the Wild when it came out on like Wii U or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, oh, this is great. This is fun. It took me like a, a little while, but I sort of got to the point where for me, open world games are just like too much. <laughs> I, I get, I'm yeah. like, I don't know where to go next. I need yeah. more structure. And this is me in life also where I'm like, I need structure and direction Oh God. Um, and I found the, I really just wanted to like cook things all day. I was like, what, can, what recipes can I make? <laughs> yeah. I like love the little, the music that it goes along with. And that's, yeah. mm, I should probably uh, try and play more. Cause it is, it is absolutely beautiful. And it's like always, at least Breath of the Wild is like always like number one on like every single, like it's huge. But I, I agree, Courtney. I think it's like a tough, and with you, Jackie, with your experience, like it's a tough one to be dropped into if you're not super familiar with video games because it doesn't tell you exactly where you need to go it kind of puts mm-hmm. you in the world and gives you hints or you go explore and find them and but i played in the 90s too. or whatever mm-hmm. so yeah I but this is a lot di- like but some... that was pretty guided in the 90s the 90s you kind of went from screen to screen like pretty linear in, in terms of a linear way right do you know that when i first got my iphone there was this app called the ocarina and you could blow into the microphone and you could play on your phone and i absolutely bought it 
It was the first. It was like the first and only app I've ever paid for. Did the blowing of the microphone actually trigger it, or was it just doing it whenever you press down? No, 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 no. When you blew into the microphone, it it made ocarina sounds. Okay, that's pretty I, I impressive. Bet it's still, Do I, you, I'm sure it's still an app. Did you I don't keep have that app, Jackie? Why did you keep it? I didn't keep it. Um, okay, I definitely got rid of it. But it was like, <laughs> it was it was honestly like. It was a very cool technological moment and like a very hilarious crossover. And you could listen to other people playing all over the world. <laughs> that would be that would be cute for like a minute. And then I'd be it like, okay. Cute for a minute. <laughs> all it right. It's one That's octave my... of a shell <laughs> instrument, right? You guys, I have the answer. Uh, it's called Gris. Gris. G-R-I-S. Yes. Gris. That was okay. one, of my, one of my two guesses. And you um, were right. It's from Nom- Nomada Studio. Okay, that's too and it much was really but... so pretty. Honestly, <laughs> we didn't ask just, for the life story. All right, <laughs> I was sent a link. I'm just sort of fulfilling the whole answer here. You know, amazing. Thank you, Akshay. Uh, apparently, it's you, available on Nintendo Switch, Stream, PlayStation, and iOS. Yeah, uh, Gris is a Spanish game, right? Spanish for gray. Oh, I thought it was French. I don't know. Is it French? It might. It be could both. be both. They're honestly, both, they're, they're both Latin-based all, languages. They're both sweet. So... Yeah. Uh, uh, it was really pretty, anyways. And well, uh, I stumped the team. Although Courtney got it, if I the only problem with our game setup is that I don't know the answers. So like, <laughs> the, no, we don't know if we're wrong or right. Right. Like, like I think it'll be if Courtney and I agree master. that that's what you're talking about, <laughs> even if it's wrong. Yeah, we need like a game master to be part of the conversation to be like, she's talking. Like, you know, I need a to translate like, it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, I needs to be here possibly. <laughs> Uh, although I did sort of stump him in the text message chain where I was like, what is the video game? The sad line drawing. And he was like, what? And I was like, the video game. And he was like, sad line drawing question mark. And I was like, it was See, about a depressed woman and there was watercolor and it was pretty. And then he got it. But like, it did take, it did take a moment for him to be like, I know a, what you're talking about. It is a fun challenge for you to describe the things in as few words as possible, but still be accurate. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested in it. Look. <laughs> It was like a it was like a third or fourth guess wordle, you know. It was like you get down number two, but it just took a, l- a little more, and then you had it. Yeah, out of your six tries today. Yeah. <laughs> so back to the um, task Sha- at hand. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about everything else for twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow Run. Shadow Run. Um, so you have this book. So and where is it now? Like you uh, said, I it's think not in the I, it's either in storage or it's actually it might be at my parents' house up in portland area and does like dungeon or what does D have a book like this is there other well, yeah. books that I you mean, have on a shelf yeah so really dungeons and dragons is just improvised storytelling the rules for dungeons and dragons come in books and the rules are there to meant to give you structure for uncertainty so like if you're in the story you're trying to defeat an orc guard or something like that you don't know if your abilities can do that so you need to roll dice Right. What those dice numbers are rolled on and the the factors that they – and their outcomes are determined a little bit by the rules and by the dungeon master. So the, the rules help the dungeon master interpret dice and apply values to things. And there's a whole fun, complicated system of like magic users having spells and equipment and all that cool stuff. The point of the books is to just add more to the worlds and more mm-hmm. ideas and more mechanics and such. So this book is a core book of Shadowrun. There's actually a bunch of other littler book, uh, smaller books that have other supplementary materials too. And did you need other accoutrement, let's say, like dice and cards and 
things to play this game at its base value you need a bunch of d6s which are six-sided dice so a standard die and like Mm -hmm. pen and paper or uh, pencil and paper now what was interesting what first hooked me onto this game was after we kind of got sick of dungeons and dragons this group that i'd mentioned from meeting in high school that were older than me they showed me this game and they put me into a world with a pre-made character and they're like we're in the middle of this mission you got to join us anyway and i was like okay great and so they had been playing without me and so they gave me well on my first attack they gave me like 20 d6 so like 26 sided dice were in my hand i was like this like cupping them in two hands i was like <laughs> i rolled this they're like yeah i was like okay and then i rolled them all and then you had to total up the amounts that were over four and then any sixes you got to re-roll so you could get like a bunch of high numbers and i just remember being like this is how this game is played they're like yeah i'm like this is wild <laughs> just because it was a, sh- a bunch of dice instead of one that was First what all, hooked me calling a, a a single die a d6 is so cool it like really amps up like the way that I feel about dice, like the average dice. Like now yeah. it's a D six. Yeah, that's the that's Much the lingo. Cooler. So I'll teach you the the Ds. There's there's about six or seven of them, I think. So there's a D four, which is like a pyramid shaped die. Okay. There's a D six, which is your standard. There's a D eight, mm-hmm. which is kind of diamond like. Oh yeah, D- I've seen that. There's a D ten, which is like more diamond. And then there's a D twelve, and a D twenty. The D20, D20 is the one. That's the one that's mostly used for Dungeons and Dragons. Holy smokes. I mm-hmm. would love to see that. That sounds like a mm-hmm. little amazing Jackie, I treat. have so many. I have you do? Yeah, I from, my, have from my Magic the Gathering days, because we you use them as like a, a life counter. I got some. One second. Like You're 20 life. And then if you yeah. like take a hit and then you... You're like, okay, I took a two HP, so you move it down to eighteen and so but like you can it's like one to twenty on this tiny little thing. Or is it big? Is it the size of they like can a golf be, ball? Oh my gosh, they can be. They can be big. Um I see how big it I'm, is. I have one I'd say it's like a little bit like the same size as a quarter. I don't know, same diameter as a quarter, maybe. That's so little to have twenty numbers I on. I know. I know. They're my efficient. mind is blown. Oh my gosh. Okay. Cool. So I'm showing her a D twenty. It's actually just, quite pretty, and it, but it's so little, and the numbers are readable. They're all, they're all cool. equal. They're all fairly equally sized. So here, here's a D6 for similarity. It's still dice sized. Mm-hmm. Jake you need has to very fancy colored dice. These are actually Katie's that I stole from her desk because I don't know where mine are right now, but <laughs> she well, has some handy because she has to do her show tonight. Right. Well, you guys are very pretty. Um, I, I think I would only have like a dice from like a bad board game, you know? Yeah, a bad board game. There's several, <laughs> and you have dice from that one. Just like the white, boring ones. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. White D20s are kind of cool. There's also a like they've, they've some some crazy stuff with them now, though, where they're like clear dice or like uh, things trapped in the dice. Like, yeah, you know. oh, that's snazzy. If you've ever gone mm-hmm. to like a gaming convention, uh, which which I have, they usually have like a tabletop section where they. They sell cool, like handmade dye. Like a lot of people do, like resin art and make dye. That's really and, cool. Yeah, I found some really beautiful, beautiful ones, and it's one of those things where I'm like, "This is gorgeous. Do I need this?" Probably. <laughs> I mean, I think I bought yes. other people. I bought them for other people. I don't think I like. That's, that's a great they make good gift. gifts. They make great for gifts. a yeah. cool gamer like situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into that. Okay, yeah. well, I'm gonna keep an eye out for pretty dye, dye, and uh, maybe dice. And uh, you never know if I find a cool dye. Dye. Okay, I dice is plural, yeah. Die. <laughs> Everyone is getting them. Anyways. Um, Jake, I've got a question. You said mm-hmm. that you were actually pretty good at getting rid of, rid of stuff. So why did you keep 
Shadowrun? Why'd you keep I, Why'd you keep the book if you don't plan on playing it again? Uh, yeah. I, well, I think I'm actually on the verge of getting rid of it because I've I've been I've been like purging the library. So I kept a lot of books when I was like 12. I was like, I'm never gonna get rid of a book ever because I'm gonna have a library. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I don't need the Hardy Boys number 34. Like, I'm not. I'm never gonna use these books again. So I've been getting rid of a lot of my childhood books, and so as I've been weaning them down and getting rid of the less sentimental ones. I've gotten into some of the stuff like this where I just like, well, maybe one day I'll reference this again. But now that I have it digitally, I don't necessarily need the physical thing. And it's also kind of falling apart because it was paperback, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it is like your job. You do do a lot of work um, in the gaming space, like for actual work not just for fun yeah there's a it's lot of crossover the- in the jake michaels story fun for sure and work. <laughs> <laughs> sounds That's, like your work that is was fun that was a goal yeah yeah uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility i would play Shadowrun again but w- yeah i suppose we haven't really said this but you do produce a lot of shows and direct a lot of shows that have to do with games yeah so, so yeah i have a, a company that i started in the pandemic actually called good time society and we cover a lot of board games specifically and role-playing games uh yeah. including dungeons and dragons and such yeah so like one day though if you open a proper office space mm-hmm. this book could sit on a shelf there as sort of a relic of the past you know it could see be like... that's why i needed to come on this podcast i needed a reason to keep it and i think that's good enough for me absolutely i'll do, yeah. definitely do that because like when that. somebody comes into your space and they like see <laughs> all the gaming stuff and sees this cover art yeah, oh, you're gonna love it. Oh my it. god, I cannot wait. The cover art is unbelievably good. It's I beautiful. Know. The the jean shorts, the mullets, the like. <laughs> oh, it's it's um... so a product of like the shifting time of styles that we are both old fashioned now, right? Because it really was coming out of the '80s and into the '90s. It's like. In the 80s, this would have looked like the future feel, right? Yeah. With oh, yeah. with all these metal, like gun metal steel buildings and stuff like that. And ugh, it's great. It's I mean, really look good. at those pants. Not far off from the truth. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's true. The story. I mean, actually, I, I have seen, like, I mean, this bikini that this woman is wearing is quite intense, but it's not something I haven't seen before in, in the reality yeah, of the no, future. You would see this in Venice easily. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's very Venice focused, although maybe not on purpose. I, the boots, um, though, are not typical. <laughs> there's, uh, let me also give you some. There's some good style pages. Let me pull it up here. There's also you should look at pages. Um, boy, it takes so long to load because it's a 320 page PDF. When you sent the link, uh, uh my, yeah, my computer was just like, um, I Are don't you know sure? about this. <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna take an hour. Uh, go to page 49. Okay. Oh, yeah, you get, like, deep into, like, full character looks. Yeah, you get some shoulder pads. I think the combat maids on 50 look sick. Um, (laughs) Stuff like this. I mean, those jeans are very in style right now that that woman's wearing on page 51. Mm -hmm. Totally fine. Mm -hmm. Sneakers, still good. Yeah, well, also a lot of this has come full circle, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, 90s is coming back in a way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the 90s is, I should maybe wear a snake around my leg. That would be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but in addition to the like incredible fashion of this book, I, I suppose the game was quite fun. It looks like this person on page uh, sixty one is having a great time. What's what's yeah? What's kind of cool about it is it takes place in our world, 
So there's an alternate history that um, you can read about in the first chapters where in the late 90s, the corporations kind of got a ton of power and actually militarized in a way and kind of took over the governments in a kind of puppet state kind of way. So the governments exist, but for the most part, a bunch of corporations are kind of the powerhouses in the world. At the same time, like magic, which has always been like dormant in the world, came Mm -hmm. back to life. So people started being able to use magic. And a birth defect was detected that people were suddenly being born as like elves or trolls or orcs out of humans. Isn't that kind of like that TV show on Netflix um, where that little kid had like antlers? So I think that – oh. uh... (laughs) All right. Ready for another guessing game. (laughs) (laughs) There was a Will Smith like cop show on Netflix. I think it was a movie. Oh, my God. Will Smith. Similar to this. Yeah. um, Bright? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. I didn't actually see it, but the, but the I. plots are kind of similar in that metahumans is what they're called started appearing once again. So it's like it's almost as if the fantasy world was real, but way in our past. And now it's come back, if you think of it that way. Um, Interesting. So you and would it- be a mercenary working for the corporations, but you could be like an elven computer hacker or you could be a troll shaman or whatever that is. And the most of it took place in Seattle, which is where we were kind of from. I wasn't from Washington state in the Portland area. So a lot of these locations were real locations we knew, but they were 70 years in a false future. That's cool. That's what hooked us. Um, I think initially. Sweet tooth was a series I was thinking about. And all these mm. kids start getting become being born as animals or like part animal, part human hybrids is what they call them. Hybrids. The yeah. Um, so does this company that wrote this book or this author or team of authors, have they done other things since then? They uh, they did a number of role-playing games in the 90s. And then like a lot of these publishing companies, they kind of went under because role-playing games kind of disappeared in the late 90s. And D&D. Like the magic. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. They kind of they kind of sunk down below once honestly once the internet exploded and people stopped right. playing board games with each other because video games you could actually play online with other people at reasonable speeds, so there was no need to do that. And like things like EverQuest and World of Warcraft took over a lot of those places. But now that we're also sick of screens, they've resurgence again, right? Yeah, um, right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, they, that company is called FASA, and I think they are officially out of business. But someone holds the license for these games, and I think has reprinted. This is the second edition. I think there is a sixth edition out now in stores. Cool. So somebody. So people it. are still somewhere conceptually people are still playing this game yeah and i think they're playing it for the same reason i would play it again which is like i remember how much fun we had let's do it again but like i'm Mm -hmm. not eager to learn all those rules again because it's too much (laughs) no you need someone else to learn the rules but speaking of which so this was given to you by your high school friends yeah i think i gamers do you still hang out or play games with those people not them, no. They we all live in different parts of the country now. Right. Um, but I definitely like still have social groups of people that I play with. In fact, I think I'm playing on Saturday with somebody. I haven't played in the months, as a matter of fact. So oh, man. I'll be playing. What are you playing too. on Saturday? Dungeons and Dragons. Oh fun. With a Wait. Canadian, as a matter of fact. Love a Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> you know you know how I feel. I uh, so Jake, when you were playing this in high school, you said that you're playing with like seniors and juniors. What did you do when they graduated? I got did you sad. Like, oh, you didn't like you didn't like you know find other people uh, to, um, to join. I did to join um, in new recruits. It, well, again, I was so self conscious about it that it was hard yeah. to kind of be open about it. So yeah. there were a few kids in my neighborhood would play, but they were also older than me. So when they started going off to college or doing or moving out of the house and stuff, I was kind of on my own. So I actually kind of fell off playing those games for a while until 
after college when I picked them back up again. And I was some friends were interested in learning D&D. And I was like, you guys, we should pick up Shadowrun. It might be kind of fun because it really what was different about it was everybody was swinging swords and casting spells. But now we could get in a van and fire machine guns and cast spells. That is that, that does fun. sound fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob Rob Banks and stuff. So uh we just love the different motifs of it. And um I just talking about it makes me now actually want to play. <laughs> <laughs> well it sounds like you can't That's get rid of it. It's yeah. um it's, think, no, yeah, you need it's, it for your future office space. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I I'm easily convinced and I think this is convincing. Keep it forever. I will. I think I will. I love the idea of putting it in an office too, of like a reference of a relic. Yeah, if, exactly. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, it made you who you are today. You know, you, who knows <laughs> yeah. if you would have been on this path without it. Very yeah. true. I mean, it, a lot of this stuff was really inspirational. I remember. I remember we listened to a lot of like certain music at that time too that was kind of uh evocative of that style like the matrix soundtrack or the weird mortal Kombat soundtrack like techno music and like new metal and stuff was coming out then and i just i could still associate that music with playing in their like living room or bedroom and stuff that's so nice yeah i love that and have you i don't have you ever thought about like writing one of these games or like being a part of the creation yeah, I actually have uh, published a couple of things that um, I like was commissioned to write like uh, adversaries for for Dungeons and Dragons company stuff. Um, it's usually third party companies, not actually Wizards of the Coast, but I've done a little bit of that uh, and some uh, dungeon designs as well. That's so cool. That's yeah, cool. yeah. That's rad. That's very cool. That's amazing. And I'm, you also have a podcast about one of these games. I have. Yeah, I do have a podcast. It's called Woodland War Machine. This podcast is about a game called Root. Root is uh, a board game. It's an asymmetrical board game. Do you guys have any idea what that might mean? I obviously have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you for giving me the benefit of the doubt that I might have done. It is not symmetrical. It's not equal on both sides. Yes, yes, exactly. So what it is, is it's it's a war game. Um, Actually, just Google Root board game real quick so you guys can see the art because the art is part of the best part of it. Um. It's a game of woodland warfare where, like, um, woodland creatures and factions of woodland creatures duke it out for control of a forest. Oh, I really – yeah, the art is really good. I the art's like, fantastic. I love the little critters. Look at them. Yeah, so yeah. Um, so this is a game that, as adorable as it looks, is actually quite complex because each faction in the game, whether it's the – the cats who are like empire builders or the birds, which are uh, an old kingdom. Uh, they all play the game differently. They all have their own personal board that has a completely different set of rules and way to get points than each other faction. So it'd be like if you were playing risk, but every army fought differently. That's cool. It's very cool. And it makes a lot of strategy matchups really hard to predict um the the podcast is i think the only podcast about root out there so we've kind of jumped into a niche community but it's been a blast to cover this seems really fun one of the cards says give a speech in a rabbit clearing (laughs) (laughs) you don't have to literally do that but that's one of the quests that the vagabond can do right it's an oratory game and you have to give (laughs) i know you love performing so we can make we can have you do that for sure yeah, I could yeah. talk a lot about rabbits, probably. <laughs> so, like the um, cats, that's really cool. Oh, yeah, it What's is cool. The podcast called again: Woodland War Machine, and it can be found wherever you find your podcasts. Like but additionally, subscribe. we just did, yeah, and we we just did an episode about the Root RPG, which just came out, the Root role playing game, and we played a session that's on there too, so you can hear that as well. 
Oh, cool. That's yeah. um, rad. So you oh, don't, in that version, you don't need the game pieces in the same way. Right. The role-playing game is largely, again, dice and pen and paper. The board game itself is a, a full-on game with pieces and such. Everybody wants to know what, what flavor dice. D6? Uh, that game only uses D6, and it just uses two. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really cool, They also really have cool, a multi-hundred-page rulebook. <laughs> <laughs> All these RPGs do. I mean, that's really cool. I love the look of this actual, like, the game pieces of this are very charming. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautifully rendered game, and it's it's an art style, too, that tells a lot of story without forcing you, without, like, writing it out, too. Cool. And would you say that this is your favorite game right now? Uh, my co-host would want me to say that. I think it is probably. It is my favorite game right now. Yeah, for sure. Of all time, I don't know. But it's so wonderfully perplexing and fun. Cool. Uh, it's hard to beat. Cool. And are there any other things that you'd like to plug in this in this podcast yeah, for I, our listeners? Because you've got so much stuff going on. I know. You're one of the busiest like, producers so and directors I know. And also, like, I'm like, how do you have time? How do you do it all? Um, <laughs> good for you. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been doing games for a while. Um, so I, I, it doesn't take as much time for me to learn them as it used to. It's kind of become secondhand. I also, like any good podcast guest, have another podcast to plug, which is uh, To Boldly Watch. It's my podcast where we watch Star Trek The Next Generation and talk about each episode as we go. Um, You remember Star Trek from the early 90s? I have two older brothers, so I do. Yeah. And I watched it when I was a kid, too, but I hadn't really rewatched it as an adult. And I'd be like, it'd be fun to kind of talk about this as I re-experience early 90s motif of space exploration and it's been a blast we're in the fourth season right now and the episodes are getting real good how many seasons are there uh of the next generation there are seven wow that's Mm -hmm. the patrick stewart one that's the patrick stewart one yeah i was in my head i was like do i google it Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i know i know a shockingly small amount about star trek and it's a thing that's always like been on my radar and i just haven't sat down and done it Uh, i don't know where to start there's so many different places and you can kind of start with any series you don't i wouldn't recommend the 60s one to start with just even though it's the first just because it's a little 60s -hmm. but it is fun to go back and see that stuff but if you want you can do the next generation it's on a lot of the streaming services including netflix and you could listen to our podcast and we'll guide you through it because we know a fair amount about it and also one of our hosts doesn't know as much about it so we share a lot a friend of mine is in the one that they're filming now or that they just filmed uh, picard or discovery discovery yeah they so, that in in toronto yeah there's two uh yeah that's right there's two um star treks out now and picard is like a continuation of that same character from uh the next generation it's um, patrick stewart patrick it? stewart it, it oh yeah he, he is picard oh wow Cool. The titular character. He's just showing titular. up in things left and right these days. <laughs> <laughs> he's just It's crazy. He's, he's, still, really cool. yeah. he's still working. I mean, I he's, know. He's, yeah, he's, he's vibrant. He's, he's reprising he's, man. He's um reprising uh he's uh, reprising oh, he his role as Professor Scrooge X again? in oh. um uh the next Benedict Cumberbatch Superman movie. Not nope, oh, that's not cool. Superman. Uh, Doctor Hands, <laughs> Doctor Strange. He's showing up in Doctor Strange: uh, Madness and Mayhem. Mister mm, oh, Miss Multiverse of Mayhem. Okay, mm, there's so what I don't know what it's called, but it does look crazy. That new Doctor Hands. I can't believe <laughs> <Dr>. that. <laughs> I just oh hey, my goodness. You know? He doesn't even use his hands that much. I mean, he does. He like goes like this and makes those like orange circles. I guess. That's true. That did, that whole hand thing didn't come full circle in that movie. I agree. That was one of the plot 
puddles a little bit. But otherwise, Doctor Strange is really fun. And this one's going to be directed by Sam Raimi, who did Evil Dead. And he did Spider-Man. Yeah, Yeah, and Spider-Man, right, yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be real fun. But I really, like, I promise you, I know what it's called, and I know the people's names. I just had a brain fart. I was like, there's a lot of M's in here. There's a lot of superheroes I could (laughs) have mentioned. We have a lot of superhero movies on our on my radar right now so. it's hard to keep track of them all i still i'm i don't think i'm caught up on the mcu i haven't seen a few of the last ones i just saw spider-man this week yeah and it was amazing yeah. i something people might not know about me is that i am a huge marvel fan oh really during the pandemic i watched i you know i was a dabbler i would see a movie if somebody wanted me to see it because i love movies but during the pandemic i watched all of them in chronological order Whoa! Within a month, did you watch? The, did you watch the first two Thor movies? Yeah, I can't. Okay, I can't because they haven't. I hadn't seen them in real life, mm-hmm. but they have very interesting plot points that you know pan yes. out later. And yes. so, right, I had to. You, know, I had to watch them at least mm-hmm. once so that I could understand everything. But I, it, the mastery of storytelling in the MCU is something to behold. The little jokes in the movie like 20 years ago pay off in the movie that I saw last night. And it is completely insane and like so skillful and so intre- like interesting and well done that people who don't like the Marvel Universe just don't like it because it's super commercial or whatever. But the actual storytelling and the way that they've created the world is so impressive that you at least have to be impressed. But I actually love yeah. it. I uh, I kind of feel the same way as you. Like, it's so easy to poke holes in, in the MCU because it's so massive. But, like, it's a master class in being able to bring so many threads together the way they did for so long. Yeah. And, and like, yes, the Thor movies, some of them are not as good. But, like, the one that's coming out looks so it looks good. So, but, yeah, Ragnarok alone, I was going to say, is, yeah. like, such a good movie. It's like, so, yeah. Like, it all I think also, out. like, it's been 20. Like, it's been like decades so like of course the movies a couple like decades ago are not necessarily as evolved as the ones coming out now just because of how intricate and how much they've been able to fit in i mean i'm always gonna go see a marvel movie in the theater it's just so it's also like seeing a marvel movie in a theater with a bunch of marvel fans is like a thrilling experience mm-hmm. it's wild watching endgame in a theater like people around me like sobbing during like gasping like, yeah yeah after, like screaming standing up and cheering it's just Those like people are oh, on yeah. a roller coaster they I treat know. it yeah. as like a ride yeah. yeah yeah it's great also there's something so special about watching one of these big films in los angeles i find that the los angeles film audiences are just so invested that you got like people screaming at the can like it's just such a different experience than like the city that I grew up in in Canada where everyone like politely watches in silence. <laughs> this is just such a Barry's wild situation. Yeah, we just smile and then at the end we say I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All in unison at the credits. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but that's this is. I mean, you've got so much going on. So, what are the other shows that that you've been working on? Uh, go check out youtubecom slash society. You can see a bunch of the shows that we do. We do. Um, I do have a bunch of how to plays for board games and teach you how to play intricate board games if you pick one up and are intimidated by a rule book yeah wait and i think you guys did one on uh gloomhaven 
Did you do one on Gloomhaven? I haven't done Gloomhaven okay. yet. That's a, that's a big one to tackle. Oh, my God. My husband got me Gloomhaven. And, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, So that's oh. like D&D without the role playing. That's like a lot of like go into it's the combat so kind of thing. It's so much. This it's is a so request, much. I guess. Yeah. If you guys can maybe handle for I Courtney. St- I started to watch a video and I was like, I don't know about this right You're a now. video gamer though, right? Yeah. Yeah. There is a digital version that I hear is pretty good. So you mm. could always try and learn on that first. Oh my God. That's a great idea. And then teach yourself the physical version. Honestly, that. the thing with the thing with board game rule books is most of them, in my experience, are actually written pretty well, uh, especially the more popular games. You just have to sit through the discomfort of not understanding them for a few minutes while you look at the pieces, figure out what they're talking about, and see where they go. Oh, and gosh. once you can put those together, you it's actually not hard. It's just it requires patience. <laughs> yeah. No. And well, I'm, I think. Oh boy. Yeah. I'm not a super patient person. I'm just kind of yeah, like, okay, either. read the rules at me once. I'll get like <laughs> one out of every ten words, and then we'll start playing. <laughs> I'll ask questions, but I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. And by like like I just I'm a very learn by do. Um. Mm-hmm. So like when people people love to try to explain things to me, and I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, great. Okay. Well, uh-huh. tell us the website one more time so that we can all go to it for our, our gaming needs. Good Time Society. Good Time Society on YouTube. We're on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. I've heard of YouTube. Follow us on social media and stuff. Yeah. Great. Will Mm -hmm. do. Well, this has been absolutely joyful. Absolutely. I've learned a lot. So excited. Yeah. And about games. You resurfaced. This, I'm not going to lie, has resurfaced a lot of memories uh, and reminders for me. Yeah. Yeah. It resurfaced a lot for me, too. I'd forgotten. I mean, I'm glad you brought up magic. I haven't thought about magic in a while either. Um, even though we actually do talk about it at Good Time Society, I had forgotten about the actual physical version of it because a lot of people now play it digitally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I miss the physical and I cards. And I've been avoiding that. But yeah, part of the fun was the physical cards. Yeah, oh, man. I'm with you. Oh, opening, opening of a pack. Oh, the high you uh, get I can still, you had an epic card. Oh, Can you still smell that smell? Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, me too. Yeah. I know what the, mm-hmm. that glue smell is. I yeah. It. My husband and I once traded a large, uh, like, flat screen TV for uh, a couple boxes of magic cards. <laughs> Say that again? What, who took uh, that? Admit that again? <laughs> <laughs> My husband and I, we, um, we wanted to upgrade our – we got a projector, basically, and we had a TV, a very a large, nice flat screen TV, uh, and – we were giving it to our friends and they were like, how much do we owe you? And we were like, how about three boxes of magic cards? <laughs> That's so fun. That's, That's the so currency fun. we trade in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is how so many gallons great. of gas will this booster pack buy? Yeah. Me? yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Cardi just keeps a pack in her purse for all of her needs. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay. I'm going to make one more. I actually have an advent calendar. Uh, that I made myself out of felt that is very large, and it um, was to uh, we. I put a I put a booster pack in each day of the advent calendar. So we <laughs> opened a booster pack uh, every day in December. It That's was fun. I still own it. It was great. It was great at that time. I was living with like roommates, and we all like loved magic, and um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You still have it? I do still have it. I haven't got. Have I you... made it. Oh yeah. This why, is, oh, why did I keep this? Why did you keep it? Because I made why it because it looks great. Um, because maybe. <laughs> When was the last time you used it, I guess? The last time I hung it. I didn't hang it up this year. I hung it up last year and I put little pieces of a candy in it. Oh, okay. Uh, so it, I still well, it like has multiple it, uses. It's not booster packs only. It's really it's perfect for booster packs though. It's like it's so good for booster packs. <laughs> My nephew would love that. He's a Too bad. big Pokemon nope. fan. Nope, it's mine. <laughs> Put the little Pokemon cards in it. You know? Too bad he's not getting it. 
All right, all right. I Instant denial. <laughs> Look, hey, I wasn't going to steal it. Calm down. I already <laughs> talked about how I shut down a 12-year-old at a Magic the Gathering competition. <laughs> I make no exceptions. Um. Well, that that is amazing. And I, I hope you keep it forever. Same like with Jake's book. Got to keep yeah, it forever. I think I will. It's, it's oh, a relic of run. the past. I'm, yeah, and now oh, you can have it forever run. if I can give you guys a file of it. <laughs> If you can find somewhere to store this, it's mine. Yeah, we'll we'll put a picture of it on the Instagram and like link in the show notes to uh, the website or wherever you can find it. All right, right. sounds great. However, the internet works. However, we'll we'll figure that out. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Akshay, can you come here? (laughs) Corny will do that. I'm trying to find the line depressing game. (laughs) (laughs) We found it, Jake. We found it. Don't worry. But thank you to Akshay, our producer, for making. for making the like back end of this show work and thank you to genevieve vincent for our snazzy composition thank you to you our listeners and finally we would like to thank uh fashion's greatest accessory the bolero which we didn't even talk about today but we still love and follow us on instagram at why did i keep this and thank you so much jake michaels for joining us today what a fun and exciting episode thank you and sorry <laughs> and been, been and sorry and sorry and sorry all right goodbye everyone bye bye, bye.